Oh, I think we're live. Hello, people talking to us in the chat. Welcome. How y'all doing? I'm Yats Crozier. I'm joined by Marcus Lever. Hello. And it's slightly something else again. And we're talking the beginnings of games. Have we, we done this? I feel like we must have done this at some point. Done tutorials. I don't know if we've ever done beginnings. Well, fair and enough. Those, I suppose. those can share some things in common, but um, but what was it that inspired this topic this week? So uh, a a former developer at Blizzard uh, posted the screenshot of the main menu of Starfield, which I feel like might have been breaking an embargo because I don't think you were supposed to show the main menu. Uh, but in typical. Um, and if you look at other Bethesda games, uh, uh, the the main menu is very sparse, very very kind of boring. Uh, uh, that's often the trend these days. Sure, yeah, it's kind of like uh, you know, it's got to be it's got to be simple and clean. Uh, and then a lot of folks were jumping on this, saying, "Oh, the game is so rushed and of bad quality that uh, clearly um, they didn't have time for the menu." And then a bunch of other people were saying, "You are a literal idiot if you are judging a game based on a." friggin' menu. Um, this is what happens so, when a game like has just come out and you got to get your hot takes out before anyone else can. You're literally going to criticize the title screen. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and so I thought it could be fun for us to take a look at uh, op game openings, you know, obviously like stuff like first 15 minutes, first level, but also even like the games that do things for us before we even um, I think it's, before it's we worth even get into the games. It's worth considering the very, very first impression of a game. The way sure. games just go, yes, grab yeah. this. Your eyeballs on this now. Yeah, because I think of modern games with like their legally mandated nineteen fucking idents at the start of every game that yeah. you can't skip. <laughs> Again, yeah. legally mandated. Yeah, and I think that's really set getting games off on the wrong foot, isn't it? Yeah, scrolling down Eulas, having to like yeah. agree to a bunch of stuff. I'm like, I assume you're stealing my identity, but yeah, it's kind of like a. I don't know. It's like the difference between if you just turn on a movie and suddenly it's the first frame of the movie, or if you turn on a movie and there's a bunch of ads for the theater chain, and then there's just a bunch of you know the ten producers of the movie each have their own little splash uh, splash screen. But it even goes it even goes beyond games. It goes earlier than the game itself. You remember when consoles used to have a sort of um, a really memorable startup screens? I'm Sega! Exactly! We had stuff like that. We had the GameCube with the little cube doing, oh, all, yes. of its, doing all of its I'm tumbling. Sure, I'm sure we could play the PlayStation 2 startup sound right now and everyone would have gushing nostalgic orgasms. Yeah, even then, even the I feel like the last one I really remember was the the PS3, sort of like the crescendo of, uh, it felt like an orchestra tuning up. Yeah, that was, the, that was the start of the console. Like, and then now I don't even know what my Xbox or my PlayStation do. Well, that's I'm, mainly because sure I turn it on and I don't switch the TV over to it for a few minutes because right. I'm doing something else. And then you get over and you're just on the main menu and you're like, oh, yeah. oh here. Who yeah. remembers the Windows 95 default startup sound? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I do. I do. It's 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 in my. Oh my god, I didn't realize I did, but now I do. Was that the one composed by Brian Eno? No, really. I think, yes, I don't know if it's true. And I remember hearing that one of the Windows startup sounds, one of the classic Windows startup sounds was composed by Brian Eno. That, that, does, that sounds like something uh, Microsoft would have spent a lot of money for at the time. So yeah, that kind of checks out. Um, so, yeah, and then we get into specific games and then obviously games have their own, you know, publishers have their own iconic yeah. uh, uh, noises and stuff. And then certain games, you know, have either uh, interesting title screens or sort of, 
pre pre roll videos or opening cinematic yeah. that kind of play well, before you that hit a subject. Button. The game that comes to mind when I think of instant uh, first impression doing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunter Road says you're a bit quiet, by the way. Oh, I can I can go up a little bit on my end. Uh, probably but, lower for last stream. But I always think of Persona Four, mm-hmm. which yes, has the unusual. Uh, title of the one game where the where I don't skip the intro every time I start it up. Yeah, yeah. Which might be it's, related to my habit of getting like really fixated on a specific song and watching it, wanting to listen to it over and over again on YouTube for a while. Yeah. But yeah, yeah the, it's Zona a combination 4, of the music and the the, the sort of the the, the visuals. Of, Persona of 4 Golden. Dancing in the tone. I should, yeah, I should say because yeah. like uh, Vanilla Persona Four had a different one. Mm-hmm. But when the you know the harmonica starts up, Persona Four Golden, and it's and it's the constant movement of things zooming towards you, like it's the Doctor Who opening titles that yeah. makes you really think. You know, yes, we uh, this doesn't feel like um, you're stealing my time to make me yeah. watch something. It feels like we're beginning a journey. Yeah, it's it's funny. Those are certain openings that, uh, like you mentioned, there are no skips, and I almost put them in the same. Uh, the the same category as certain tv shows like even if you're binging a show like mm. people would be like well i'm not going to skip the succession opening or the game of thrones opening or the twin peaks opening whereas other ones i'm like just get me out of here i don't need to watch the office opening again uh and it's it's rare that a game is able to have that kind of either opening cinematic or cutscene yeah. or sizzle that uh that, that really sticks with you yeah over in contrast around the same time i was playing shantae and the seven sirens Okay. And that game also starts with the cinematic that also like starts with the intention of really grabbing you for the moment go. Yeah. But I was always like desperately skipping trying to skip the buttons, like mashing it so fast that I didn't even see any of it. Yeah. Because it starts with like Saturday morning cartoon music and a zoomed in view of the main character jiggling her titties around and it just yeah. really made me feel like affronted. Yeah, just give me the game, please. Yes. Um there's also the weird thing of Certain games have it's like if you if you linger long enough, uh, a cutscene will start, and you don't know. You're like, is this the opening cut? Should I watch this if I'm starting the game fresh, oh, or will they gotcha. show me this thing when I start a new game? It was something I played recently, maybe either Eco or Shadow of the Colossus, to where the opening cinematic is like baked in before you even start the game. So you need to watch that thing and then choose new game. And then it shows you whatever happened after that new thing. And I'm like, this, the, is, this is too confusing. What was the first game that opens with like uh, a sizzle reel of cool stuff that happens in the game that's about to happen? I want to say Chrono Trigger might have been the first one I can think of. That's a, that's a great early example. It was probably stuff during the Super Nintendo generation. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if Super Metroid did that or if it would just go to like a kind of a hands-off demo if you waited long enough yeah Yeah. chrono trigger is a great example though edited to the music like specifically showing you all the different time periods you're gonna go to and like holy shit i'm gonna get a a time machine that i could fly around this place later on the game it's to entice you yeah yeah but uh, even without that i always think chrono trigger had a pretty strong opening because like uh, actual gameplay wise yeah it's Mm -hmm. there was something about it like i've played a lot of like i played chrono trigger when i was like messing around with pc emulation And there was something about how the opening starts with, like, tracking across the map, and you see birds flying, and uh, there's a party going on, there's fireworks Mm -hmm. going off. Something about this that made me sort of instantly grab me. Yeah. Like, I've played other, like, starts of JRPGs that I downloaded for free because I'm a naughty pirate. But this particular one is really making me interested right from the word, from the moment go. 
yeah it does a it does a great job of like really embedding you in the the world and tone and sort of call to adventure which... and, and it's understandable there's a lot of modern jrpgs yeah. where they just dump you in in medias res yeah yeah god forbid you don't start with an action scene yeah i mean that works well sometimes like i think the final fantasy 7 one works particularly well because it's it's sort of gives you that sizzle of what midgar is like and then it zooms in and all of a sudden a dude jumps out the tr- off a train and starts beating the shit out of people and you're like oh this is cool i, I don't know what's happening looks, here i was thought that was a little bit pathetic because there was literally no reason for him to jump out of the train the way he did you could have just He's stepped off and like just punched the nearest dude you would think like the rest of those terrorists would be like, this guy is a jag. We should not be bringing him with us on this, yeah. on this terrorism mission. You remember uh, Earthbound, this a... if we're talking about yeah, JRPGs it's... of the era to Earthbound. I love um, kind of the wakening up in your, in your jammies and then having to get dressed and going to figure out what the hell's going on outside. Well, if we go from right from the start, right from startup opening, Earthbound is a little bit shaky. Because it starts with multiple screens and there's like that screen that says Earth versus Gygus or something and it looks like a frame from a 1950s ufo film yeah that's such a that is such a weird screen and And then then you get to the character selection and i kind of love the menu of entering your character information i kind of love you got but it feels so different than that thing you just talked about i mean you can sort of drag through more out of fascination than excitement because the game just starts by asking you to name all of the characters as well as uh your favorite color and your favorite food and your dog and you're like, well, what am I doing? Why, why do I have yeah. to name all these things? Yeah, um, but uh, but it, but it works, and it's 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 beautiful. Um, how do you feel about the games? Obviously, like in the eight bit era, um, especially games just tossed you in. Mario just tosses you into a level. Zelda just tosses you in the middle of a screen that has a couple exits and then a cave, and you and you kind of go in there but obviously games can't don't really do that anymore they need some well, sort of preamble par- to get you in well apparently we didn't need that sort of thing back then but then there wasn't no. so much competition for your eyeballs yeah it's like yeah. hey i'm super mario brothers and the onus is on you to impress me yeah <laughs> go on avoid yeah. that first goomba i bet you won't <laughs> yeah that is a good uh yeah that's a that's an interesting point there was also the, um, you know, as we moved on a little bit, I, it felt like uh, openings became technical showcases and show-offs for, like, look what we can do now. Um, Mario 64 is an example of that, where it just opens on the face that you can kind of, like, pull and tug. And it was like, look, you have yeah. a new console, and you can pull the Italian man's face all you want. It's yeah, made of rubber. Slightly weird example, yes. I think it's I think it's great. Well, first time I ever saw that, I was like, "This is it. Video games will never look better than me pulling this Italian man's mustache up over his lip." Funny how this fucking Halo or Half Life never did something like that. Uh, just... <laughs> that would be great in Halo. The Gregorian chants, and then you just like pulling yeah. the flesh off Master Chief's face. Oh, look at your little chunky face. <laughs> I want to say that'd be, like, really good. that'd be really good in Half Life, actually. Being able to drag and stretch your dude's face didn't come back until The Sims 4, I think. Yeah. Uh, was character it, creation was had a bunch of click drag intuitive yeah. stuff. Um, um, well, you I mentioned Half Life. Yeah, I'm on record stating as Bioshock is probably, sure. in my opinion, the best opening like 15 minutes to half hour of any game. Yeah, yeah. Can't really um, keep it going horrible. for the whole game, but you know. The start is tough yeah. to beat. Yeah, yeah. A really quick, um, you know, it's, it's what, 15 to 30 seconds of you not having control. 
and then the plane mm-hmm. crashes and you're in the water and you're like oh i yeah. can move now like this is me this and is why and you're, and you're not sure what you're doing and you're discombobulated nope. and then suddenly mm-hmm. this uh, weird dude is giving you a incredibly well-written objectivist speech <laughs> yeah you're like, and, ah. then, and he goes away and there's a fucking giant underwater city and there's a whale yeah. and it's just like so many things one after the other and it's just oh it's just so good yeah yeah and it was even it was super impressive at the time because that was in the era where they released demos for everything so like mm. i feel like that 15 minutes probably sold you know a massive number of copies of that game because people played that and were like holy shit i need to see what the rest of this game is like and the rest of the game is good it's not as good as that but you yeah, things can tale, be as good as that opening tales off at the end bioshock infinite's uh up there as well i'd say yeah and it's a great like commentary on that or it's or it feels like the opposite side of the coin of that original opening right yeah. instead of going well, down you're, you're literally moving in the opposite direction you yeah, shoot, yeah shoot up over the clouds see the city for the first time there's that you know very minimalist music playing mm-hmm. you know the interesting like connecting theme between those and half-life is starting with uh, some kind of vehicle ride there's also like yeah. a million different games that opens with you in a helicopter Yep, with the doors rather carelessly wide open, so you can see uh, what's well, going on. Possibly go wrong here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like you know, sixty, seventy percent of the time, the helicopter crashes, and it's very sure. exciting. Yeah, Spec Ops line uh, opens opens with that. Um, obviously, the um, the Dead Space games kind of open with uh, Dead Space One yeah. opens with that that ship yeah, ride. Now that I'm thinking about it, how many games open with uh, a vehicle ride towards the setting? establishing the setting from viewing it from the outside interesting yeah yeah to kind of capture that feeling of if you're driving into like a city if you're driving into manhattan for the first time that feeling you get when you um when you finally see the lights and everything that's yeah that's that's interesting i guess that's a really easy way to to uh, connect the player with whoever their character is like you are getting that sense of awe in the same way they are the comparison that springs to mind is Silent Hill 2, which starts mm-hmm. with not a vehicle ride, but an extremely long sort of initial linear walk down a forest path. In the, mm-hmm. that, And uh, it's really effectively done because it feels like every step you take, you're getting deeper and deeper into into a horror that you'll never be able to escape from. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can't turn around because your main character refuses to. Yeah, and uh, there's just it's just great for the creating the sense of we are getting in over our head. Yeah, yeah, that that works particularly well for um, for horror games. I think um, mm. you get Resident Evil Four. I mean, uh, it's yeah, funny we talked about the beginning Resident of Resident Evil, Evil 4. Resident Evil Seven as well, and Silent Hill Two. Yeah, and Resident yeah. Evil Four. It all starts with walking down a linear forest path to the depths yeah. of the horror. Yeah, and in like Resident Evil Seven, you're like, "Why are you doing this? You're just a regular dude." Like, I know your your girlfriend, your wife's here, but you just leave her. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to go. You don't have to go rescue yeah. her. You got by uh, the last three years without her. Just yeah. you know, chalk it up to experience and get on fucking <laughs> Ashley Madison or something. Yeah, true. Wait, do we think Ethan was that? Was that rich? Isn't that for rich people? It was just for cheating bastards, wasn't it? Oh, never mind. I thought it was for. I thought it was for fancies. I don't know. No, I think I'm there are honest, guys, dating spoilers. sites. I'm not on National Medicine. No, I think, I'm sure there are dating sites for rich people, and I'm sure mm-hmm. that uh, a few minutes of browsing it would lower your opinion of humanity ever further. <laughs> uh, Casey and I are um, we're, we're getting near the end of our Half-Life journey. Uh, we finished Portal 1. We started Portal 2. 
uh, both of those games have incredible openings. Um, Portal, Portal 1 2, doesn't start with a vehicle ride. Portal 2 does. No. Portal, Portal 1 2 does, Portal 1, yeah. Portal 1 starts like any other like indie puzzle game. It's like, hey, you're in the environment, start solving puzzles. And like the expansive, like uh, true nature of it all sort of unfolds from like the midpoint onwards. Yeah. Which is an interesting contrast. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And I mean, Portal 2s to me feels like it's one of those, like Portal 1 is such a kind of tight, perfect game that it feels like a mission statement of how do you top something this good? And it's like, oh, I guess we just have to go kind of bigger. We have to we have to go bigger and give yeah. you more, and that's yeah, how the see, introduction of Wheatley. And then you see it's like these set pieces that were never a part of of Portal see, One. A, a lot of the reason Portal One was the way it was it was just because they had a limited budget. Yeah, they were going to yeah. do something more elaborate with the final boss, but in the end, they couldn't afford anything more than the room is filling with invisible gas. Watch out! <laughs> yeah, but uh, if you wait all five minutes, you get a bunch of funny dialogue because we could do that. We could put a bunch of good good zingers in here. Yeah, you could at least uh, put the effort into the writing, and that's what they did. Yeah, Portal 2, yeah. uh, in many ways, feels almost overproduced. Yeah, it's um, playing them back to back. It is startling how much more stuff is going on in Portal 2 in terms yeah. of like, oh my God, look, they, they, you really spent your money. You yeah, know, they you, were you, really, we- you could see the budget there. They were putting their welly behind it uh, what, that, yeah. they, that they weren't putting behind the first one because it was just going to be a little silly thing to put on the end of the orange box. Yeah, it's like people are coming for uh, Team Fortress and uh, the wrapping up of Half-Life 2, and I guess there's this little thing as well. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and as is so often the case, the little thing that was uh, allowed to run free because it didn't have as much scrutiny on it ends yeah. up being one of the best things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember the literal openings of these these three games, but I remember their kind of cinematics, and they stick with me as tone pieces. Um, the the PS2 Grand Theft Auto trilogy felt like they were almost like uh, putting you in the time and place of this city and teaching you about uh, Vice City yeah. and and Los Santos and everything, and and using the music of the eras. Um, and yeah. those stick with me even more than like I think gameplay wise, GTA 4 sticks with me of like the getting into the city and and cousin yeah. and everything like that. Yeah, I always liked GTA 4, uh, more for story than gameplay. I didn't play much GTA 3. I played Vice City and San Andreas enough times. Mm -hmm. San Andreas feels like it takes a really long time establishing like the initial city and your life there and your struggles as part of like like a failing gang. And then it just weirdly just sort of kicks you out of the city if you're housing and then it becomes a sort of totally different game for a while yeah and that's where it almost feels like you get that like title screen moment where it's like oh look how oh, the world's way bigger than i thought it was you know the sort of yeah. like leaving the great plateau in in zelda kind of thing where it's like oh shit this is like a really big place I almost, yeah i almost feel like it takes too long before you get kicked out of the city yeah so open world games are an interesting thing in terms of how you do an opening because you can't be too 
off the leash. Go have fun. Like be yeah. back by dinner because you're like yeah. I have a whole People planet have, yeah. universe at my disposal. People uh, t- almost always feel overwhelmed when you do that to them. They they feel yeah. paralyzed by choice. I always yeah. hold so, the best. I hold the best way to do open world is the unfolding technique. Start by uh-huh. giving a player a very small like like place to explore. Unfold the page, double it in size. So they start mm-hmm. off in a room. You escape the room. You get into a house. And like, turn the page. Like, unfold it again. Double in size. Explore a street. Mm-hmm. Unfold again. Double in size, etc. Yeah. The uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, the era uh, Breath of the Wild does that well. Um, mm-hmm. I know. Uh, like yeah, because you, literally, you literally start in a coffin in that game. You start in a, a coffin to a yes. room you get to out a of little coffin, hallway. You're in the room. You're in the hallway. <laughs> then you're in. Then in the island, the starting island, and then you get off, and yeah. you think you you look at the starting island and you think, well, that's enough for me. But then you get yeah. off the starting island, and there's this whole gigantic sandbox yeah. underneath it as well. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's really impressive. Yeah, and I know like Bethesda has to do the same things with uh, in like the Fallout and Skyrim stuff, where it's like you they kind of have to either literally put you in a bunker in a Fallout game yeah, of like, well, this yeah, is a contained space for now. It's interesting how almost every Elder Scrolls game starts with you being a prisoner in a cell. Yeah, that's a, yeah. That's another demonstration of the unfolding technique. Yeah, yeah. Start in the room, turn the room into a dungeon, turn the dungeon yeah. into a world. Genius. Um, the uh, the Souls games are pretty good at that, too. FromSoft's pretty good at that. Oh, yeah. Uh, start in a cell. You all start mm-hmm. in a cell. The classic D&D opening. <laughs> Yeah, that's you know, Dark Souls One. Uh, Bloodborne is you start off on a you're dead. You're like yeah, on a, you're a medical a, table in a yeah, werewolf hospital. Yeah, who knows what the fuck's going on yeah. there? Yeah, and then same uh, thing with Elden Ring, and you get the you know you you escape your tomb, and then all of a sudden you get like oh here's yeah, yeah. here's um, the first area. Dark Souls Two. Uh, you're in the things betwixt place. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then you finally, when you get to Majula, you get like the breath of fresh air, and you see the sunset, and you're like, "Oh, this is yeah. where the rest of the game is going to take place." Um, how do you feel? I had a couple in mind of uh, openings that I enjoyed the first time, but did not enjoy on on replays, and these are usually the ones that are heavily scripted, heavily guided. Um, and a few that came to mind were uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. Which I think Metal Gear games usually open pretty well. One, two, three. If you like the series, four. Um, all um, open yeah, really I'm just, strongly. I'm just trying to Five is that opening. really long. Uh, yeah, you know, that hospital. Hos- the hospital sequence takes way too bloody long in that game. A lot, of, like a, a lot of crawling. It sort of sets the tone of a horror game. That sort of yeah makes me that- remember that game as being sort of depressing. And I, I feel like this was around the time of PT and everything, so I feel like he had horror in his. Maybe this is when. Guillermo del Toro was his best friend, and That's, so they were. Because the thing about you know your first taste is that it needs to be a tone established here, and yeah, uh, I think that might be setting the wrong tone for a Metal Gear Solid game. Well, especially if it's. Um... And again, that's one of those that like it worked really well the first time, and then on a replay, I'm like, Jesus Christ, get me to the open world. This well, you know, after you've played it, the the game isn't really like that for the rest of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, but and it as doesn't. I say, as um, I say, it's not a good tone setter. And it also doesn't. Uh, it doesn't do interesting with sort of pulling the rug out from underneath you that Metal Gear Solid Two does. 
because two sets the tone of this is going to be Snake's mission, and then obviously after the tanker pulls the rug out and it does the you know does the the character swap, which I think still is really effective, and also that opening is still fucking cool. Um, Uh, Well, I think a lot of people will complain about that to this day. I think it's getting. I feel like history's been kind to that opening i think people are looking more and more back on it and saying like this is actually really smart this was um well it annoys me because i always liked the snake otacon dynamic and they said they said a really good dynamic between them in the prologue it's like his his snake and his nerdy chum one of the few cases i think of like the hard-boiled action hero and the nerdy silly boy uh, relationship but where they sort of treat each other as equals and sort of respect each other's like corresponding abilities I, first off, I like you calling Otacon the nerdy silly boy. I think yeah, that's he's a nerdy silly boy. I mean, <laughs> yeah, is. That's all he is. Does that not encapsulate him pretty well? Uh, but it's, it does. But you know, yeah. if you play through the game, eventually Snake and Otacon both come back, and you're like, "Yay, it's them again!" Yeah, yeah. But first, you have to deal with the pretty boy asshole with the mop mm-hmm. on his head for a while. Yeah. Uh, other. Openings I enjoyed the first time, didn't enjoy in replays, were uh, God of War 2018 and then Red <laughs> Sorry, Dead 2. Sorry, I just, um, KZ appears in the chat and uh, wishing to remind us all that Otacon gets the bitches. In literally every game, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's the running, yeah, well, it's the running gag, isn't it, that he gets the bitches and then the bitch dies on him. And uh, Otacon has to get, have a big old cry about it. Yeah, it's really sad. He Well, he's got to stop falling in love with the ladies who love the wolves. <laughs> Yeah, it's, and it's his own, gonna, and his own family members. That would probably his help. own family member. Also bad. Also bad. Not great. He had a bad yeah. dad. Let me be honest. Atakan, he was a he was a he was a child of a, of well, a rough that's, family. That's one of the things that we learned from Metal Gear Solid Five, isn't it? There you go. It's an in- interesting sort of uh, uh, subversion they did there, because usually because in like Metal Gear Solid Three onwards, they were doing like like the p- person who is the famous character's predecessor is just that mm. character again. Yeah, Major were, Zero is pretty much Colonel Campbell. And they were doing that in uh, Peace Walker when they established Otacon's dad as being basically yeah. just like Otacon in every way, except mm-hmm. he's in a wheelchair. And then yeah. in Metal Gear Solid Five, they re-established that Huey is just this massive pile of shit of a human being. Yeah. He's not great. And to like, be fair, uh, everyone in Metal Gear Solid Five is a massive pile of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Not uh, all in like subtly different flavors of piles of shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's not great. Then he gets banished off the boat. If you ever get banished off a boat, you know you've done something wrong. Like yeah. if you can't live in your uh, fancy flotilla uh, military city, yeah. then where can you live? Screwed that up for himself. I mean, who wouldn't want to live on Big Boss's party bus? <laughs> exactly. Because you know they um, were, you know they were all like uh, living it up, having like pizza parties every weekend over at Mother yeah, Base. Yeah, absolutely. Then getting worried that uh, Quiet was going to come up and slit their yeah. throats. But why aside you, from that, everything was fine. Why do you think literally everyone you kidnap immediately wants to work for you? This place is great. Like, I know, oh, I know you literally removed me from my home, but this place is great. Never had pizza parties back in Skull Faces. <laughs> back during, the, face. during the Cold War. Yeah. Um, yeah, God of War 2018, another one that um, goes seamlessly from the title screen to... The title screen See, of the I tree. Think the original God of Wars show you how to do it. Have you ever yeah, started? Those God are two very different flavors. Yeah. God of War one, like it just literally cuts to Kratos going, "I'm gonna fuck the shit out of these dudes," and then you fuck yeah. the shit out of some dudes. Yeah. And then in contrast, the God of War 2018, you very slowly walk across a garden with a mm-hmm. with a big pile of wood. 
Yeah. Well, it's because you got to build a you got to build a pyre for your for your dead wife. Yeah, I guess they were doing the unfolding thing, but by that point, I come to expect a certain tone from God of War. Yeah, and it was it was not there. And I guess the tone comes a little, slightly after that when uh, when Balder visits and you you get your first you yeah know, yeah get your first big old big old boss fight. Um, it's interesting to look at that in it feels like modern the modern first party Sony games. Um, try to make a big statement with their openings and i think sometimes they work really well and sometimes uh not so well i think uncharted 2 and the original last of us work very well in my opinion I'm trying to remember how uh, the last of us started uh like the prologue uh, with like joel's uh the daughter where he plays the daughter yeah, daughter 1.0 dies yeah <laughs> daughter 1.0 yeah and yeah. then uh, uncharted 2 is like the prime example of in media res you yeah you, the cold open sh- the, yeah, the, car, the train cars hanging open, off. Actually. The, yeah, yeah. Very cold open. It's all in the snow um, and everything. Yeah. And then uh, two more recent ones that I really liked were Ghost of Tsushima and uh, Spider-Man, Insomniac Spider-Man, which begins oh, I, sort of with a pan over Peter Parker's room, and then he gets a call, and then he just jumps out the window as, dressed as Spider-Man, and it just immediately cuts to gameplay. And it's just yeah. like... 20 yeah. seconds in the room and a seamless transition into gameplay that is really impressive still. I'd forgotten now I've forgotten how Ghost of Tsushima starts as well. Uh, that has uh, um, the, the title card comes up during one of my favorite. It's it's like the ride through the um, through the, I think it's a rice paddy or through, through the field. Right. Um, you're riding on your horse and you sort of get the full the full scope of of the world when the title screen comes up and that's like a title a good title drop to me it's like an easy like ooh, okay you did it there um yeah couple, Ghost uh, streamer was very good at just making your every horse ride across the country feel like something epic yeah seriously um yeah which in a game that is 90 percent horse rides you're like okay this is good uh a couple other recent ones uh doom 2016 and prey 2017 well, Doom 2016 is basically like the opening of Breath of the Wild. Yeah. But, uh, with a, Literally in a coffin. Yeah. yeah, with a considerably different tone applied. Yeah. Um, but being I the mean, whole yeah, rip I mean, and beat, tear. Beat for beat, it's the same opening. It's just, you know, yeah. just how much like a different, how much difference a tone can make. Yeah. Um, and he could have, uh, Link should have been ripping people and tearing people more. Like, uh, like well, he like slayer. fucked things up with a sword. What more do you want? How's that not That's ripping true. and tearing? Not re- he doesn't reach his hand, especially in Tears of the Kingdom when he has that magic hand. It should be able to reap and in, reach into the chest of a bokoblin, just rip out its beating heart, and then you can eat it. Probably shouldn't eat it. Don't eat yeah, that heart. That's not really Link's bag. How, what do you think of the opening of Tears of the Kingdom as we brought it up in comparison to Breath of the Wild? I have a feeling this is going to be on my list of openings I liked the first time, and when I replay them, I'm going to be like, "Oh, just get me off this island, just get me into Hyrule." Um, no, that was my, that was my feeling immediately, like yeah. uh, when it starts with the fucking walk and talk, because I hate walk yeah. and talk. I'm like, it, it, like you know, I mean, it wasn't awful, but Breath of the Wild had such a strong opening, and they deli- yeah. and they like literally try to just make it happen again after the, yeah. the walk and talk bollocks. Uh, yeah when, when you wake up in the like the floating islands yeah just, i think that's gonna be one that people want to just like jam through really quickly if they want to replay the game and it's just like get me down to hyrule and then yeah i, can do I, whatever I want to start gluing giant breasts to myself or whatever exactly 
exactly exactly um and again worked worked for me because i cared like i liked the the characters but um in terms of like on a replay i don't think it's gonna work Mm. uh i was also thinking of games i love but that have pretty bad openings and so Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple that came to mind were uh, Wolfenstein the New Order which I think that mm-hmm. opening assault on the Nazi castle is not what that game is or is about no it's like it all happens in that game after the like the time jump yeah and so starting the game with that I get it's like hey this is the Wolfenstein you might be kind of familiar with before yeah. we turn it on its head yeah I see that but I think it does uh does a good job of establishing the story's tone and of uh, uh i really i actually really admire the whole conceit of picking which character dies and that sort of has ripple effects over the course of the entire game i like that moment i think that moment's really good because it's surprising how it does come up like you said in in other parts i really admire it in contrast to the ending tron 3000 thing where you just pick your ending from like a binary choice at the very very end of the game i think it would would be so much more interesting if they gave you that choice at the beginning and you got to see like um maybe even like if a game did the sort of like a cold open where it starts at the end of the game and asks you to make a decision between two characters right at the start and then it goes like goes back to the actual start of the story and you spend the whole game learning about the characters and the one you are going to condemn to death yeah <laughs> you're like oh that was a terrible terrible decision on my part yeah i uh, think that would be pretty interesting if they, like, yeah. they, they moved the ending tron 3000 choice to the beginning of the game yeah yeah it would remove sort of being able to make the decision with that knowledge under your belt but at the same yeah. time it would make all those little decisions feel more impactful hmm. um there you go put that on a list i don't know what list that is but put it on a list um other other games that i love but had uh have have pretty bad endings or openings in my opinion are um okami which is just way too long of a tutorial oh, it's okami just, just never shuts up smokes and that game does not shut up and then once the game a, gets going i love it but yeah. wow got a real verbal diarrhea problem there, yeah? yeah and then uh the very opening of especially for the first time of near automata um it is uh it is weirdly difficult you are without context and if you die you have to redo the whole thing yeah uh, I hated that. absurd absolutely absurd but then as soon as you like the suicide mission's over and you end up back on the space station you're like oh yeah. this game and this like is cool. this game the rolls. support character is talking you through your options menu as like yeah someone, like like uh calibrating a robot i think that was pretty yeah. well done and you're like well should this have just been how the game started but also should would it have been as impactful if I not if I didn't have to go through? Well, I think the opening should have had it. more buttocks. Uh, I mean, there's. I'm gonna be honest. The game has a lot of buttocks as is. So, but that would, you never, set, that would have set the tone better. You can never have too much buttocks. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Two. The game should have literally started with a zoomed in view of your main character's bum, and then slowly pull out like the beginning of uh, the Clockwork Orange, where it slowly pulls out of uh, Malcolm McDowell's face. Just to be clear, the second before you said that, I said Kingdom Hearts 2, and I want to make sure you're still talking about Nier and you're not talking yes, about Kingdom yes, Hearts yes. 2. Please okay. tell me your opinion of Kingdom Hearts 2's opening. Oh, no, I just got worried that you wanted the slow zoom out from the butt in Kingdom Hearts 2. And I well, was like, no, that, that, would be, that would be obscene. Unless it's Donald Duck's ass, in which case, hubba hubba. Um, no, Kingdom Hearts 2 is just five, it's five hours of a bunch of strangers eating ice cream. Well, I, don't, I don't need that. 
I could go to the, the fucking Dairy Queen if I want to see a bunch of strangers eating ice cream. Uh, and you don't, oh, you yes. don't get that. Yeah. I seem to remember a very early internet viral video uh, by MC Chris in which he contrasted the opening of Kingdom Hearts 2 against the opening of Resident Evil 4. Which was like, <laughs> this isn't a cutscene. Press A, kill the zombies. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of absurd. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you don't like want a slow opening. I don't think of no. games I like that have shitty beginnings. Okami's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, um. It's funny, one thing, we, we've hardly talked about indie games. Mm. And I'm just like curious, even chat, like, are there indie games that really stand out to you in terms of like, holy shit, this opening, this opening moment, opening level is incredible or vice versa like ooh, undertale it takes... all anyone knew of undertale was like the the first like the opening chapter that was released free for a while and okay. it was uh, the, it was the main reason why it built so much hype and that uh, the opening is well liked the opening's beloved yeah the opening yeah. like prologue gameplay yeah section. yeah um yeah firewatch that's an interesting one firewatch has that kind of twine game you play about your relationship oh. with your wife oh uh, yeah and it ultimately ends with like her getting dementia and you leaving because you don't want to deal with it which is what ethan winter should have done just leave it leave your wife it's fine. leave it leave it leave it just don't enter this house no yes. there's a don't. there's a dead horse on a stick just go don't enter the house don't get turned into a mold man yeah fucking he doesn't, he doesn't listen he gets turned into mold men they just could pour he could pour a bunch of water on his hand and everything will be fine look it'll, it'll cure a mixed off. blessing then yeah <laughs> but you can only grow back his body parts when it makes sense yeah yeah can't he's grow his got, fingers he's only got plot plot regrowth can't grow two of his fingers back for some reason yeah i guess he needed the original fingers so he could just glue them back on i guess he can't actually regenerate his skeleton oh uh, he's not like a what like a lizard there's certain lizards that could just like regrow stuff are we spoiling the plot of resident evil village I, I thought you were going to say, are we spoiling lizards? And I was like, I don't know enough about lizards to spoil lizards. No, I, I mean, um, we're spoiling yeah. the fact that it's revealed towards the end of Resident Evil Village that Ethan is a magic man who could regenerate damage. But, you know, I <laughs> have no guilt <laughs> about spoiling Resident Evil 7, be- Resident Evil 8, rather, because I always kind of hated that twist. I like how... When we were first talking about it, I feel like it, w- it was kind of subtle. And then you said, are we spoiling? And then you just said what it is. Okay, um, fine. I yes, think- I am spoiling the, the twist of Resident Evil 8 because it's really dumb. Anyone who who would care about Resident Evil story spoilers probably has already played Resident Evil Village. And if you haven't, you probably don't care about Resident Evil spoilers, story yeah. spoilers. Also, those stories are dumb. It's fine. And you probably twigged there was something up with Ethan's metabolism the first time he like just glued his leg back on. I do like I do like when glues is like bound. It's very good. Yeah. Should we go to super chats? We have so many, and there's I so know. many games I want to talk about. Everyone's the got their chats. everyone's got their own opinion on what the best. I'm excited is. to hear everyone's opinion. Uh, you should start because I've again the fucking chat windows cut off the first few for me. Uh, starting off, just uh, Christian Dimitrovici as a new member in early access. Welcome, Christian. No comment, but we appreciate it. Uh, Gary Davies. With a two-pound dono, Medal of Honor, Allied Assault. What an opener! It's funny that is not the Medal of Honor game I think about when I think of openings. The think Medal of Honor game I think, about, I think about is Medal of Honor Frontlines for the PS2, which was just um, 
I same Private that Ryan. One it, was, it was it was just D-Day. Uh, so it was interactive Saving Private Ryan. Um, but it uh, at the time I thought it was wildly impressive. I was um, I was I was pretty shocked by that. We should do a very we should do a, a, a podcast since we've done beginnings and I assume we've done endings. We should do mm-hmm. one that's what's the best middle moment in a game? Because then we could talk about the nuke in Call of Duty 4. That's such a good moment. That's I know. a really good moment. Or the end of the world of Final Fantasy 3. Because I think, you know, middle act twists can be just as important as the very beginnings yeah. and the very ends. Yeah, yeah. And also how you deal with that. You can deal with it well, or you can do um, a Bioshock and then the game just gets bad. Yeah. After the twist. Well, that's so, what happens uh, when you take the ending and try to turn it into a middle act twist. In yeah, post. yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, uh, I'm on a winged potato now. $10. Uh, do you have that? Nope. Go on. Okay, Wing Potato, $10. Maybe a boring answer, but the opening of Super Mario 64, everything from the cram- camera tracking and swooping down on Mario, jumping out outside the castle, but on Battlefield, it is all perfect. Uh, also, that's a fitting answer because uh, Nintendo just announced Charles Martinet, the voice actor of Mario since then, um, is is no longer going to be Mario's voice. Oh, He's no. going to be a Mario ambassador. I'm not sure what that means. But, is um, he going to be put out to stud? Uh, the father, the, father the next generation of Mario voice artists. <laughs> of, of of wonderful, cheerful Italian uh, actors. Yeah. Um, Man. So yeah. Can anyone replace Charles Martinet? Yeah, his, his name voice is Christopher is... Pratt. Oh, God. No, I'm kidding. I'm sure it won't be Chris Pratt in the games. Well, he wasn't doing the in-game voice for Mario, was he? No, and like when Super Mario, when the trailer came out for the new Mario game that's coming out in October, there was like a bunch of internet videos like this doesn't sound like Mario. This is a different Italian man. So I think they've already found their new their new man. I don't know oh. who it is though. It's probably it's well, probably it goes, to, goes to show. I guess they couldn't replace Charles Martinet if everyone immediately no. twigged that it wasn't him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, doesn't, he voice, doesn't he voice voice like basically every Mario character? as well which is like all the mari all the all the mem- i was gonna say members of the mario family but i believe it's like luigi and wario yeah he voices and- all the mario-esques he does yeah. luigi mario and wario and waluigi what if he said i will relinquish all of my arios except for waluigi and he said i will take this with me to the grave no one can ever be waluigi again i guess uh that feels like the sort of thing an actor does when they've like really already made their name and are just getting kind of bored yeah so they start appearing in really weird off the wall shit yeah he should get the rights to waluigi make his own <laughs> waluigi game without nintendo uh uh hrath 87 thank oh, you so i think much. this is uh, where i can come in have to go jog you got it yes 50 danish kroner and says have to go jog so hi i heard that microsoft basically gave bethesda a bug spray and some polish cream and told them to take their time your thoughts are you talking about Starfield there? Your 87? Well, they've certainly Probably. been polishing it up for a while. What is a bug spray and some polish cream? Oh, bug spray, I, like bug game bugs in games? I guess. I guess he's saying uh, that uh, Bethesda were just allowed to take as much time as they needed to finish Starfield. I mean, the game originally had uh, a release date of last November. It was supposed to originally release uh, November 11th, 2022. And... Um, Man, it hasn't been delayed as much as some of their games then. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely true. Uh, so I hope so. I, I haven't I haven't played any yet. I can't speak to any bugs. Yeah, I'm starting on this afternoon because I've got to 
review code because I'm a professional critic and we're connected like that. Sounded so sure of yourself there. Um, so yeah, we'll have our full thoughts on that in uh, in a few weeks. Yes. not. Uh, I like that week. they gave the code early. Um, it's not, not one of those. week either. Yeah. I like yeah, that. Yeah, um, they it actually, wasn't like a okay, it's like some We haven't blotted our coffee book with every publisher in the world, it seems. No, no. But even like uh, as much as, as everyone seems like Baldur's Gate, they gave code to everyone like three days before that game came yeah, out. Yeah, there was no way anyone was going to play through none of that to yeah. review it. Um, but uh, people already got their title screen hot takes out on Starfield, <laughs> apparently. Everything's so dumb. Jomo Slomo gives 20 Norwegian Chrono and says, Ha! I miss your starting noise sometimes. Referencing a period, story. referencing a period uh, when all the escapist videos started with a little escapist ident that had someone going "ha" in a really Who obnoxious was, sort of Nelson from The Simpsons kind of way. Was it you? Was it your voice? No, I don't know whose voice it was. Nick, bring back the "ha," or please, don't. Maybe the no, "ha" is no. annoying. No, please don't bring back the "ha." Uh, Sadrak. Sadrak1980, member for 14 months in early access, says, opening the grabbed me fastest, Disco Elysium. And uh, then a little smiley face to uh, draw our attention to the fact that he has a Disco Elysium avatar on YouTube. Ah, waka waka. Yeah, Disco Um, Elysium is a rather effective unfolding technique. You literally start within the prison of your own head. And then you're in a room trying to put your trousers on. And then you're in a hotel. And then you're in a city. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, I'm going to be out. Disco Elysium, it's a good game. Yeah, you should check it out. It's a great game. Benjamin Street gives £2 and says, Original Resident Evil's live-action intro. Well, the ironic response, I think. Yeah, uh, it's memorable. Yeah. It's, it's I, definitely I mean, it certainly a, sets the tone for the dialogue performances throughout the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, those live-action. Live Has that ever worked well? A live, uh, like a live action opening to a game well uh fmv games yeah i guess stuff like the the sam barlow games and everything just trying to remember now other <laughs> uh, games that have like live action fmvs but the rest of the game do, do, isn't yeah. like you almost get that there's like a, a similar ish thing with like final fantasy 7 cutscenes almost feel like live action compared to how uh, rudimentary and like kind of chubby the character oh, models oh. are in, in oh the command and conquer games had FMV oh that's videos. a good one yeah red alert 2 yeah that's a good one yeah yeah wing commander has those two Tyrell. that's that's good well anyway uh zaratha gives two r dollars and says streams with unforgettable openers this one kind of ah, I, I don't even remember how this one opens so probably oh, well, not well this stream just openly like, opens with us awkwardly in the middle of a conversation because I don't know how to do the countdown thing it opens with me hoping that I'm not saying anything embargoed because I don't realize we're live your 87 comes back with 20 Danish Krona and says Morrowind sticks in our mind maybe nostalgia though 
Well, um, I like how Morrowind starts because uh, uh, it's again, it's like oh, you wake up in a cell and you're let out in the world, and the game basically says, "Hey, uh, you're a secret agent with a job to do, but we're not going to tell you about that yet. First, find something to do." Like, join a guild, do some quests, we don't care. I think that's a good yeah. way to start, like, a game as open as an Elder Scrolls game. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you know, you know, go nuts for a while, but then come back, and then we'll tell you what the plot is. And then we'll figure out, yeah, yeah, go get your sea legs first. Um, yeah. Yeah, and we, we didn't mention Skyrim, but I feel like Skyrim probably has one of the, the now most famous it's, openings. of. It's iconic, certainly. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh yeah, you're about to get your head cut off. Oh, there's a dragon. Oh, yeah. Are you gonna are you gonna side with the nice Viking dudes or the Imperials because you're a fucking idiot? Does the game? So you literally wait. You wake up on the cart, right? That's how yeah. the game literally begins. Yeah. Does it say why you are on the cart being executed, or is that part of like what the backstory of whatever your character is? I think you're just supposed to fill it in in your own head because, like, you gotcha. create your character and then the game goes, oh, uh, we don't know why this person is in this card. And they just go, oh, execute him anyway. We're all, we're, sure. We've are we gotten sure. all this stuff together. Might as well. He must have done something. You know what's another great great thing that starts with all the characters uh, be, being jailed in a cart? Tell me. Is it, Wait, is that how, that's how Adventure is Nice started, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Good, good thinking. <laughs> For a second, I was like, oh, wait, did I remember that correctly? Yeah. Well, it's just a classic D&D opening, isn't it? Yeah, sure. You all wake up in prison, and then you have to go on a quest together, or you'll be mm. killed. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, Goku Sondbeezy gives $2 and says, Final Fantasy 3, a.k.a. 6, on the snares is amazing. That was another yeah. one that sprung to mind, another one I wanted to bring up. The whole, uh, you're in robots, like, trekking through the snow as, like, snow, haunting music the plays. Mode, yeah, the Mode 7, and then that song is so good. Oh, yeah, what a great opening. Pretty classic stuff. Yeah. And uh, then Anthony Viterra gives $5 and says, Yats, did you ever play the Half-Life 2 VR mod? It feels more like a port than a mod. No, I have not, Anthony Viterra. Also, Far Cry 3 and 5 have awesome beginnings. I guess I agree. No, you no love for Far Cry 4, then? Far or the uh, sit where you sit where they leave you for fifteen minutes That's and get a, a secret one. ending. That is a very good goof. Um, Far Cry also does a good job of doing the unfolding thing by usually starting you off on a little island off the mm. main off the mainland, and so your your initial open worldness is kind of confined to something smaller. Odysseus Wolf gives five dollars and says, "Shall we talk about Persona 5's opening? Assuming you all haven't yet." We did. We talked about Persona Four. Uh, well, all Persona games sort of have like a slow boil. Mm-hmm. Persona Four, in particular, it's like uh, two yeah. hours before you they even let you off the leash in the dungeon. Yeah, Persona Four or Persona Five does the in media res thing of of having the the casino heist saves heist. Oh yeah, caught. that's um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and then it goes back to the oh you're a newcomer in town kind of thing. Uh, the Persona 3 opening cinematic is also, um, even though it's my least favorite of the three games, that has a really good... The opening cinematic is all sort of themed around Memento Mori, which is what yeah. the entire game's theme is. Um, yeah, shooting yourself in the head. It's rip. the weirdly bleak thing. Super rip. Uh, Chronic slash slash Brightside gives $2 and says, Who are you guys' favorite video game villains? Man, oh that's God. a whole topic for another podcast, Chronic Brightside. Chronic Brightside. Uh... Who, uh, you know who I always think of? Who? 
Pius Augustus from Eternal Darkness. Oh, that's a good one. I know. I played that game so many times because I was, it was one of the games I had in my pre-game reviewer phase of my life when I just had to, I didn't have much money kicking around. I just had to replay games over and over again. Yeah, yeah. But his like his like one. line deliveries are all so great. Yeah. Like, you had best leave, young fool. That was really good. Yeah. Arrogant that was really good. man. That was really good. Uh hmm. I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think the ones that stick out to me. Uh Kafka is good in the aforementioned Final Fantasy VI. He's a real yeah. bad dude. Total Darkness um, is like a voice actor cameo safari. It's like David Hater has like voices like one dude who has one line. And one of the it. characters is voiced by the guy who played Porkins in Star Wars. Oh my god. Shout out to Porkins. Yeah. Poor old Porkins. Even the Porkins, like, another villain I like is Porky, Pokey from uh, Earthbound. Oh, yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's a real, he's a real shithead. Yeah. Sort of real uh, escalating villain there. Yeah. Starts off yeah. as just kind of a shithead who, like, tags along with you and then sort of naturally evolves into, like, uh, uh, the Lickspittle of uh, Cosmic Horror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Lickspittle. Uh, Dawar Boss of Corn, member for 14 months in Tip Jar. No comment there, looks of it. And then Captain Loin gives $5 and says, Licensed music can make a huge impact, like Prey 2006's excellent use of Blue Oyster Cult. What intros do you feel are carried by the music? Uh, Final Fantasy VI, I think. Would, uh, Final Fantasy VI is my, a great example. Be my first yeah. thought. That's a great example. I think those uh, those GTA um, intro cinematics that I mentioned before, like Free, Night um, City, and Six, or in. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush, start the opening with Lonely Ooh, Boy. That's a good one, yeah. That's another yeah. great use of licensed music. Yeah, that's actually a great example. Unless, of course, you uh, turn on streamer mode and just have to listen to the song that sounds an awful lot like Lonely Boy, but isn't quite yeah. Lonely Boy. Uh, Metal Gear 5 Ground Zeroes starts with... Uh, oh, The Man Who Sold Here. the World. Yeah, well, that no, that one starts with Here's to You. I think oh. Metal Gear Solid 5 starts right. with the man who sold yes. the world or ends with the man who sold the world because it's supposed to be like you are the man who sold the world yeah i think it starts with that mgs5 you know you know what uh here's a, an example of a, a opening i liked in a game i didn't really care about um mafia 3 do you remember the opening is like the faux documentary like talking heads oh yeah yeah to the screen that. like the older it's like the the the, the character is when they're older talking about the time and the city and everything i thought that was a good opening yeah, that's pretty cool. Not a great game. Good opening. No. Goku Son DBZ, member for 39 minutes. Goku Son DBZ. Son Goku, the hero of Dragon Ball Z. Goku Son DBZ. Oh, I see. It makes sense now. And says Silent Hill 4, the room, underrated opening in game. I agree, Goku Son BZ. Literally don't remember the opening. You, like, there's an interactive intro where you just wake up and you're in the titular room, but everything's like covered in flesh and all horrible and disgusting and then as you're trying to combobulate yourself you just hear the sound of someone dying horribly and then someone comes out of a wall and kills you and then there's a very effective musical intro sequence with credits well there you go there you go and then alex armstrong gives two dollars and says mario galaxy 2 blandest storybook opening ever well, in that it's basically just the opening of Mario Galaxy 1, but with a storybook format. Yeah. 
Mario Mario games should just open with gameplay. You don't need to you don't need to tell us where we are. Well, I, I guess I liked how matter. Mario Odyssey sort of cut to the chase. Sort of it opens mid fight with Bowser. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Who has already kidnapped the princess? Because we all knew he was going to. Yeah. Why? Why? Uh, you know? Why dance around it? I uh, I really like the uh, uh, opening of um, uh, Super Mario RPG, where I it feels you like you're watching. The, up. Yeah, yeah, you're watching the end of a uh, of of a whole other adventure where yeah. Bowser kidnapped Peach and Mario got to his castle to beat the shit out of him. But then the actual adventure starts when a when a sword comes raining from the heavens. You'll be playing the remake then, not voiced by Charles Martinet apparently. <gasps> I'm going to play the remake because, uh, you know, I stand by my rule that any Mario RPG where Bowser is a party member is just automatically good. good. That's, that's, the, that's the Mendoza line. Anything above that is, is yeah. good. It, I mean, uh, you know, I've thought back to all the Mario RPGs and it's a consistent rule. If Bowser Listen, is playable yeah. or a party member, because he's, he's not good. a party member in Thousand Year Door, but he is playable. No, he's playable, yeah. Then it's, uh, it's the sign that it is a good Mario RPG. No like exceptions. I like Fight it. me. Clear cover. Fight him. Fight him. Hun- Hunter Road. I even quite liked, you know, the second Mario Rabbids game just because Bowser was a party member in that as well. That one's great. Under under underrated game. Uh Hunter Road gives ten dollars. Says I don't think anyone has brought up the intro stage of the original Mega Man X. Did an amazing job of setting up the plot while subtly teaching how to play the game. Never played that. Doubt I ever will. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's great. That's that, that's one of Casey's favorite games ever. That's an that's an incredible opening, um, mm. and it sort of teaches new mechanics um, of the like the the stuff like the charge shot and the sliding and everything um, that that X would bring to uh, bring to the table. Good stuff. Uh, Vox Silenti gives seven hundred fifty somethings isks, and says the opening stroke tutorial in Battlefield One was interesting. When you died, you got a name of a real soldier that died during the war. Interestingly melancholic. It's interesting, I always think, when these sorts of war games sort of try to have their cake and eat it by having these sort of melancholy moments, but also being an exciting shooter set in a war. Yeah. <clears throat> I actually forgot about I remembered that detail when I played it, and I forgot oh. that it existed now. Oh, remember, remember, kind the of war, like- remember the war wasn't all fun and games. Now let's have some fun and games. Yeah. Well, and also, like, what if you were... I don't know. What if you're playing that game and then your like great grandfather <laughs> showed up? Well, if they died that during would, the war, you might not. But that would be an extraordinary coincidence. That'd be weird. Yeah, that'd be weird. <clears throat> I just liked I liked that game because it did the 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 campaign, which those short war stories things, which were like little little vignette stories. Give mm. me more little. Give me more mini campaigns. Uh, Robert Johnson gives 20 Canadian dollars and says, I thought Unreal Tournament 3 did a pretty good job of making a slightly compelling story out of an arena-style shooter. Also, Unreal. The whole wake-up-on-a-crashed-prison-ship thing really does work. Classic for a reason. Don't think I ever played Unreal Tournament 3. I played Unreal Tournament and Unreal Tournament 2000. Was that I wasn't the aware was there was any kind of story element. Those games. Was I? No. It feels like Unreal has been... It's one of those... Um, one of those 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 uh, iconic PC shooter franchises that's kind of been left at the wayside. No one talks about it. We're not, yeah. No one's talking about rebooting Unreal. What's going on? Well, I certainly don't think of it when I'm thinking of all those classic first-person shooters from the late 90s and early 2000s. Same. But, I played uh, a lot of Unreal I mean, Tournament, but never like the campaigns. 
But Unreal 1, yeah, by rights, we should talk about it up there with Half-Life and everything else. I think it's possible, you know, it came out around the same time as Half-Life, so... Uh, yeah. It didn't get quite as much uh, of a boost, but it pioneered uh, like wide-open environments, uh, the way Halo uh, imitated yeah. a few years later. It pioneered a sort of uh, hub-based Metroidvania-style exploration. I think it might have been just... <clears throat> the game's kind of confusing to get around. Yeah, and then I feel like they've been overshadowed once Epic and Cliff Blazinski moved over to gears like that right. that franchise seems right. to have really overshadowed it uh by the way speaking of uh, uh remastering old shooters did you see so quake 2 just got remastered like the other week they released yes it. Um, was that another night dive thing it was another night dive thing two interesting things one it has eight player split screen which is fucking absurd that's, it splits the screen in eight that's uh dumb i mean it's dumb who the fuck even wants to play quake 2 in local multiplayer Agreed. Uh, the other thing is there's an entirely new campaign uh, can you created even plug by in Machine that, Games. Can you even plug in that many keyboards? No, it's for button boys only. Well, that's <laughs> only button boys. Hell. Only button boys are stupid enough to, to hang out with the boys. Well, it's, players split screen. well, it's interesting that Machine Games did an extra episode for it because they did exactly the same thing with the re-release of Quake, if you will recall. Uh, I don't remember that, actually. I thought this was the first time. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I wonder if released. this points to them doing a remake of it, like make doing their, their Wolfensteining to Quake. Well, I wish they'd just do their own thing, because the last thing time they did their own thing, they did Wolfenstein the New Order, and that was really good. That was very good. Agreed. They, they sort of milked that for a while, and that sort of drained whatever goodwill it had. So now I'd like them to do something else, please. Chop, chop, machine games. Let's see what you're capable Hexen. of. Give me Hexen. Could be fucking magic for a certain shooter. Or just come up with a new IP, Jesus. I mean, I know you got writing jobs. New Order was really good. It was really good. I mean, they're doing Indiana Jones. That's a new IP. That's not a new IP. That's, that's a very old IP. Alex Armstrong, is, Alex Armstrong is $5 and says, Are there any anime games with bad openings, considering how bombastic and detailed they tend to be, with some leaning towards fan service for some? Well, I feel like there's got to be some, Alex Armstrong, but I don't... Sure. I haven't played every anime game. I'm sure there's like a fuckload that never came out of Japan that were very bad. Yeah, uh, It is interesting because when we were talking about uh, like the Persona 4 Golden opening, like to me, that is the equivalent of like a good anime opening. Yeah. Harmonica? That's got to be the best use of harmonica in video game history. I Probably cannot dispute that. Ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like the opening of like Evangelion or Cowboy Bebop where it's like a, a no skip zero skips here yeah though now i'm thinking of watching through like the death note anime which had a really good opening for a while and they switched it to a really terrible opening after that's the worst that's a real a real risky thing when they're like we're gonna change uh, yeah. because the tone of the show has shifted and you're like no don't do it uh anyway mad cowboy remember for 14 months in early access said far cry 3s is great both for story and gameplay another vote for far cry 3 yeah it's yeah. pretty good I just think that what's his name, Brody, Kyle Brody, or whatever the fuck your name is. Oh, uh, I know this. Uh, Jason Brody. Brody. Jason, Jason Brody. Brody. I, really I know he kind of like means. To suck. I know oh. everyone talked about Vars in Far Cry Three, but I really liked the the arc that Jason Brody has in that game. He really? starts off as like a dumb rich boy uh, twonk, and like evolves into this ice cold like mercenary hunter. I think it works. Mm. I think it works really well for me. 
Okay. Like, he, like the, the environment changes him. Yeah. I think I so just didn't like him at the beginning, which I think you're supposed to. Yeah, you're supposed to think he's a like a rich boy twonk. Yeah. And then when you get all his friends back, you realize that he doesn't really have anything in common with them anymore because no. he's now he's like a hardened badass. Yeah, yeah. And took stuffed too many himself, hallucinogenics. Yeah, stuffed himself full of drugs. Yeah. And not the fun kind. No. Uh, Sadarak1980 gives two pounds and says, Loved 12 Sentinels opening. Anime as hell, of course. Is that yeah. a prequel? That was 13 Sentinels. Was yeah, I think you meant 13 Sentinels, yeah. you silly billy. I love 13 Sentinels. Opening oh, is good because it throws you, again, in media res, and you're like, who are these children? Why are they naked inside their robots? And then I found it more are. intriguing than fun. That's I think the most of that game. To, I think when you have to do the combat missions, it kind of fell apart for me because the game's not that fun. Yeah. Play it, play, just play it on easy and then just get through them and then get no, to the no. next get to the next well it wasn't the difficulty that was the problem I, I was you know experimentally seeing how far the game I could get through without playing any combat missions at all oh. so in the end I ran into a big wall of like 12 combat missions I had to get through in turn and I really couldn't be bothered so that's the problem is sometimes experimenting leads to amazing results in, in medicine and science and then other times other times you just blow up your lab and you lose your eyebrows <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> <clears throat> uh, Goku's son DBZ comes back with another, another two dollars and says Blade Strangers fun indie fighting game opening but then he capitalized every word so that I wondered if that was the whole title of the game he's talking about what if it was the name of the game no it's just called Blade Strangers from 2018 I wouldn't be surprised um, if something like fucking Guilty Gear brought out a game subtitled fun indie fighting game opening <laughs> Uh, X X twelve uh, Revelator or whatever. Um, yeah, uh, uh, fighting games are also games that a lot of times can have really memorable openings. Street Fighter games have had good openings. Uh, some Tekken games. I don't remember shit about Tekken. Mm. I remember the remember seven the, cool ass opening. Remember the classic Super Street Fighter two opening with Ryu like getting his Hadouken ready. Yeah, and the and the the words like scrolling past very fast in big letters. Yeah. Give me a Smash Bros. opening where all those weirdos end up meeting. It's great. Yeah, with a really weirdly bombastic and over the top choral. It's like, like, it's like you're a Kirby. Like you're not that. Yes. Like you're this just is, you're just a regular ass Kirby. This is Kirby. Why are you playing Dark Souls final boss music? <laughs> anyway, Scavenger gives ten dollars and says games I liked the start the first time, then never wanted it again. Half Life, Deus Ex Ooh. Human Revolution, Skyrim. Ones I can always rewatch and replay. Final Fantasy X2 just has so much energy and fun. Ninja Gaiden, Far Cry 3. Well, the Half-Life Half- one is interesting. Yeah, a lot of people don't like like having to sit through the unskippable train ride at the start of Half-Life. Yeah. But uh, I don't feel that way because I played it when it came out. And at that point, the opening train ride was a innovative idea. And it was just mind-blowing seeing what they were achieving with the Quake engine. Yeah. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Well, uh, I don't remember how Deus Ex Human Revolution starts. Uh, bear with me. Oh yes, it's it's the walk and talk, 
and then you get all your arms and legs blown off. Oh, that's not good. That's not good at all. But yeah, opening with a walk and talk, no thank you. What did you think of, speaking of opening with a walk and talks, uh, Arkham Asylum opens with you bringing the Joker in and you sort of follow the Joker. As yeah, he's I, think, a, I think that works as a scene setter. I think it might yeah. be a touch over long. And I feel it works because we have a history with all these characters in this place. Yeah. Because we're like, yeah, I know who like Batman and the who's, Joker are. Who's going to have a cameo next? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I hope the Riddler's in this. Yep. Uh, da, 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 da. Alex Armstrong gives $5 and says, Why can't game openings be more like Bioshock and Half-Life, where the characters' environments show off the story and world better than exposition can? Maybe they didn't have the budget, Alex Armstrong. Yeah. That's hard. But you'd, you'd think if they'd want to save the money for anything, it would be an interesting intro to get us hooked. You also probably things get focus tested and, oh, well, you need to do this and you need to introduce yeah. X, Y, and Z. Oh, and- we need an opening action sequence. Let's cut to the final boss fight for two minutes. Blah. Yeah. Also, we have so many mechanics and we need to teach the player about hunting and gathering and crafting and all that trash. Yes. We need to immediately freeze the pacing so we can show you a fucking tutorial menu a three-page tutorial menu and you can't close them until you click through all three of them did you read it are you sure there's a little test at the end no i didn't move on wait and now i don't know how the upgrade system works bad game bad game (laughs) anyway goku sun dbz again comes back with another two dollars it's cheating if you just spread your donation across against 15 little ones goku sun dbz he and is says, a super saiyan and he can do whatever he wants and he says resident evil remake opening is awesome okay uh yeah i mean because the, Res- the resident evil remake opening is is the resident evil one but with less cheese and more spookies and then, fun- and then fungus finder gives five dollars and says you're unlikely to quit a game just because the opening is bad but there have to be examples of a bad opening leading to a genuinely bad game right well, I assume so, Fungus Finder, because if it's a yeah. bad game, it's probably got bad everything. Uh, yeah. But Balan Wonderworld has a very cringy intro sequence. Man, the worst thing about Balan Wonderworld is you can't just beat the levels. They're like, oh, the train's not going to be here until you get 100 more Balan statues. And let oh, me tell you, I did not want to get any more Balan, Balan statues. statues. I hated that shit in Sonic Unleashed, and I hate it now. Oh no, does Sonic Unleashed have that too? Yeah, you got you, you oh, can't no. proceed in the game till you find all find enough hidden medals. Oh shit. I'm going to be replaying that game soon too. What am I doing? Not replaying playing for the first time. Uh a recent game that had a decent very very early moment and then was bad afterwards. Um Redfall. I just like how the waves look when they're when Oh yeah, they're, I mentioned like, that in the review. Parted. Yeah, it's, that is neat looking. It's a uh, and the, the, I like the way they parcel it out. Like you start off in the ship Mm-hmm. You you can't see the full picture through the windows. Uh, you yeah. can just see like what looks like a wall of water, and then you finally get out of the ship, and you go, "Bloody hell, what did that?" Mm-hmm. And then the game uh, gets bad. Yeah, game just never really uh, reaches that peak. Nope. Alex Armstrong gives two dollars and says, "Best opening is Portal 2's Love Stephen Merchant." Great, we got to the twist. We just got to that the twist where it turns out he's real. He's a real jag. Then he sent us down down to the bottom oh, that's you're getting to the uh the jk simmons bit we are i'm very excited we haven't heard him at all yet but we're close man they could really swing there for the voice actor fences for that game couldn't they 
it's crazy how the first game is like here is one perfect uh, uh, voice voice performance, uh, and then the third or second game they're like here's three of them. You know, it's interesting. Stephen Merchant was their second choice. They wrote the character for Richard Ayoade, apparently, who, in, if anything, is less famous than Stephen Merchant. That's a fun fact. It wasn't the other way around. Like no, no, they no. almost didn't get Stephen Merchant, or was no, like, they, yeah, they I guess were, we'll go with Richard. Ayoade. They were huge fans of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Oh. With Stephen Merchant was also in, interestingly, yeah. but only in like a fairly small cameo role. Anyway. Yeah, he's, he's wonderful. Uh, Dimitri gives $5 and says, I'm late. Any mention of Silent Hill 2's opening with James's narration with that song playing yet? I love how well it established his motive and feelings about it. We did already mention Silent Hill 2, yes, but I only mentioned the scene setting walked through the forest and not the actual opening opening where James looks himself in the mirror and does a sort of casting a magic spell gesture on his own face you ever do that like wake up hungover and just look in the mirror and cast a little magic spell on one blue team's gonna ruin that shit ruin that shit ruin that shit they already blue showed that moment in the trailer shit and i'm gonna piss in their eyes <laughs> they already showed that over the trailer and it already looks worse blue oh, no. team's gonna kick it in the balls kick it in the balls kick it in the balls Blue team's gonna kick it in the balls, and I'm gonna make them very sorry. <clears throat> anyway, Voitech gives five dollars and says Half Life Two had a great opening. I hadn't played one yet, so I didn't have context for the story, but I was hooked. Great opening, yeah, yeah. That's another sort of throws you in the deep end of the plot in media's rest sort of situation. Pick up that can, a great yeah. little tutorial. But, hey, what the hell's happened to this world in the 20 years you've been asleep? Yeah. Who are these weird bug men? A superb owner gives $10 and says, I'll never forget the opening of Majora's Mask. You immediately chase down the antagonist, fall into another dimension, get transmutated, then I'll let loose to figure it out on your own. What a game. I always loved the opening to Majora's Mask in contrast to other Zelda games where it's like, uh, like the goddess comes down and says, "You are the destined hero and must travel to defeat the bad one." Yeah, and we yeah. must carry you there on this uh, ocean of petals. And then Majora's yeah. mask just like, boof, 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 boof. this is what you get for thinking you're a mighty hero. Boof. Yeah, it's a bummer. And then leaves bummer, you in the rain. The leaves you in the rain with your yeah. face in the dirt. You don't have a you don't you've lost your you've lost your horse. Yeah. You, you got fucking turned into a scrub. There's a creepy mask man who tells you you've met a terrible fate. Yeah. What an opening. And all the blessings of the goddess couldn't do shit. Yeah. Anyway. Retro Gaming Fool gives twenty seven ninety nine Canadian and says, I was spooked by by the original Silent Hill opening, where you get cornered and murdered by the skinless children in the alleyway, then oh, wake yeah. up in the restaurant. Keep up the great work, gents. Yeah, I thought that was good. Of course, the original version of Silent Hill that I played was the European version, which censored out the skinless children. So in oh, that really? sequence, you were being killed by the uh, the teddy bear monsters with claws. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's weird. Yeah. Um, that's also a really strange opening because you get into that alley and then the camera gets all, gets all crazy. It gets all screwy Louie. Yeah, but it's see, a great tone setter for angles. Silent Hill as a series because oh, you go down yeah. an alley, you find an abandoned wheelchair, and then you find mm -hmm. a bloody gurney, and then you hear yeah. sirens, and that's like all of Silent Hill's themes established. Yeah, and then you get knocked out, and you wake up like in a diner with a bunch of weirdos. Yeah, it's great. 
Uh, Wall the Wall gives $2 and says, The opening for Final Fantasy X-2, I always go back to. Another vote for Final Fantasy X-2. I'd never yeah. actually seen the opening for Final Fantasy X-2. It must be pretty good. Uh, I don't know if by opening they mean the opening like uh, pre-cinematic or if they mean the actual opening opening. Who knows? Like I probably never fun. will play it at this point. It's fine. Plenty of games. You're fine. Yeah, plenty to keep us busy. Fucking yeah. Starfield, for one. I'm got to start on that straight after lunch and i'm kind of impatient to get stuck in uh we'll see if that's on the if that's on the good list or the bad list of openings we'll come back to you in a few weeks and let you know well i actually like uh, started it just to make sure it worked yesterday and uh, okay. made sure to check out the title screen to see what all the fuss was about and i was just like it's a fucking title screen what does the guy want <laughs> Uh, Alex Armstrong gives five dollars and says, "90s people would say no opening to a game is better, especially with Doom, Quake, Sonic, Mario, and Zelda, where you jump right to the action." Thoughts? I mean, those are all good openings, but they try to do separate things, right? Yeah, Link to the Past opening is a really good, like, uh, uh, a tone setter. It's raining. Your uncle leaves the house. You got to go find yeah. him. All of a sudden, he's in a dungeon. He got killed. They, so, they never go back yeah. to the fact that your uncle got murdered right at the beginning of that game. Like that should be like a thing that is. Like Link lost a family member, but it doesn't matter. Doom and Quake have to sort of pull you in with the title screen, and I think both of their games do that pretty effectively. Mm-hmm. Doom just like, hey, here's the title screen, and then spooky music, and then effects with the whole screen dissolving down like it's blood. Yeah. Anyway, John Connor gives two Canadian dollars and says, Metal Gear Rising was spot on in setting the vibe. I guess you're right. It was a show yeah. like... Uh, there wasn't much hope for Raiden in Metal Gear Solid 2 because the only way they could make him cool was to literally make him an almost entirely robot. Yeah, and then the opening, you're like, oh, that's just Snake entering the facility again, like the first game. Yeah. <clears throat> Tommy Salty gives, P- 20, gives 10 PLNs, says original Unreal and Quake 4 openings. I'm old. Uh, I'm not big on Quake 4 generally. Literally Quake 4 is another game, though, that would be my candidate for really good mid-game moments, though. When you when you get scrogged? Yeah, when you get all your arms and legs cut off very slowly yeah. in an inescapable yeah. conveyor belt sequence. But quite haunting, really. Just about the only part of that game anyone remembers. We gotta, we, I'm going to jot that down. Best mid-game moments. We'll save that for a rainy day. Yeah, you do that. Yeah. Uh, scavenger. Then maybe we could do best moment in a game that comes two-thirds of the way through. <laughs> we could just fun with fractions there we go scavenger gives five dollars and says shout out to sin episode one here's some boobs here's your sidekick you need a cure drive into enemy territory fiddle with glove compartment bam sounds great you had me out here some boobs yeah there wasn't a whole lot going for that game but yeah fair enough it had boobs if that's your thing well, and tried to try, man it really they tried to make episodic a thing they really did yeah, yeah. Well, when Half-Life sort of gave up on the concept, sort of undermined yeah. the whole thing, really. Alex Armstrong gives $2 and says, Yats, played Bowser's Inside Story remake yet? I wasn't aware there was one. I don't think there is a remake, is there? Uh, maybe they're What's telling the a funny joke. Fan remake? I don't know. Uh, Zaratha, in the meantime, gives two R dollars and says, To further contribute, the Katamari Damacy's intros. I agree, in terms of opening cinematics that really set the mood. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out if there's a Bowser's Inside Story remake, yeah, and I still I don't know. I think it's possible he was trying to tell a joke that sort of fell flat. 
No, no, there is a real remake. Apparently, uh, it was remade for the 3DS. A DS game was remade for the 3DS. I thought it was um, originally be... a 3DS, Bowser's Inside Story. I'm going to be honest, there's no way for me to know. I'm, a, I'm afraid to click this link. I refuse to go to a wikia. Um, Katamari Damacy's are great. They're, they're wonderful. Yes. Um, yeah. Every, every, everything about Katamari games are great. Uh, except for the campfire level in We Love Katamari. Oh, that one was a pain in the ass. I, I know, right? Recently. Yeah, yeah, that one was a genuine pain in the ass. Uh, I'm also really bad at the, we're not going to tell you how big your thing is, but stop when you get to like five meters, because I do not know how big five meters is. Yeah, I'm I don't know right if they now. mean by diameter. Is that a radius? What are we What are we doing here? Yeah, and they give you like a uh, a guide. Say, hey, it's about this big. And it's always yeah. like never that big. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Humane Shield, guess 499, says the opening to Total War Shogun 2 had a beautiful opening cutscene that set the tone for the game. Still shocked that you never watched Babylon 5. Whoa, that was a kind of ADD sort of super chat, wasn't it, Humane Shield? Well, listen, you already scolded Son, Son Goku for, for doing too many micro ones, and so this was just, let's fit it all in there. Okay. You're probably fine without watching Babylon 5. There's whatever. You, yeah. you'd, that'd be, you'd have to watch Babylon 1 through 4. Oh. Uh, uh, Dragon X gives member for, is member for two months in bonus content and says, what's the best MMO opening that you can think of? Also, why is Yards reading all the messages instead of you two alternating? It's just less confusing, Dragon X. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes uh, if he loses loses the the page, I'll, I'll I'll take it. I guess World of Warcraft had a pretty classic opening cinematic. That just oh, you're you talking about opening cinematics? Yeah. yeah, took you through all the races and shit. Um, yeah, I don't like. I don't know in terms of like big. Uh, in terms of opening cinematics, the uh, I never played the Old Republic, but that always had cool cinematics. Actually, the opening, like, uh, a few missions of the Undead campaign in uh, World of Warcraft was a heavy inspiration for my novel, Mogworld. Interesting. Wait, yeah, you so played... When, how, how much World of Warcraft did you play? I don't know. Oh, I played it for a few months, years and years and years and years ago, because I was able okay. to uh, wangle a few free uh, months. What was and, the uh, what was that opening like? What what about it inspired well, you? Well, you you are an undead. You wake up uh, in a crypt. You get out of the crypt. Uh, there's a lot of other undead around saying, "Hey, welcome to being undead. Uh, here's your here's your uh, here's your um, induction package. Now go kill three foxes or whatever." Oh, that's fun. I like killing three foxes. Uh, Alex Armstrong comes back with $5 and says thoughts on Spec Ops The Lines opening considering as you said it starts as a typical spunk gargle wee wee but then transforms into something horrific well that game started with one of those uh, flash forward cold opens where it also a helicopter to ride the, to the helicopter ride that's like way later yeah. in the game and then it like does the old ooh three days earlier shit yeah so yeah at that and point it- you're like yep yeah, yep yeah, it's one of these and it does the really smart thing when you catch back up with that point in the story, your character is like, wait a minute, we already did this. And your character <laughs> is commenting on the fact that you already played this as the opening, which is very it's smart. It's meta. Good game. good game. Social Bandit, member for 12 months in early access, says, dig being a mech in the opening of Final Fantasy VI. Oh, wow. Yeah. Welcome to 20 minutes ago, Social Bandit. But keep, You know what? Keep talking about Final Fantasy VI because it's got a cool Moogle. I'm a big fan of Moogles. Final, you mean Final Fantasy III? 
I would never. Hashtag not my Final Fantasy. Because I just played Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 3 on my Switch. It would be very oh, confusing. If I aren't we fancy? We are very fancy. Uh, Phil Myassup gives 50 Norwegian Krona. How do you feel about openings like Prototype that let you play with all the toys before it sends you to the beginning with nothing? Mm, that's a... It's a very that's a very famous technique. A lot of a lot of games do. Symphony of the Night, which someone brings yeah. up soon, uh, yeah. does that. Metroid Prime. Yeah, start yeah. off with all your shit, and then it all gets taken away. Yeah, I guess well, it's, it's like a it's, way. It's a little confusing. You have to get your head around sure. uh, all that stuff right off the bat. Yeah. Also, it always feels like a plot contrivance to be like, "Here's everything cool, but we've taken it away from you." Almost feels like a spoiler. Because I kind of want the game to sort of build up to that. Yeah, yeah, and like discovering each new ability is something. Yeah. Something I, mean, I want to discover for myself how how like how much this is going to escalate from its starting yeah. position, and when it gives it away at the start, like we know once we get to that point, we'll be all like, oh, I guess we're not going to escalate any further from here. Yeah. So it's a bit of a giveaway, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red King gives $5 and says, Loved the Prey 2017 opening and the way it foreshadowed stroke mirrored the ending. Again, it's just about the only thing about Prey anyone remembers. Yeah, it's a really good opening, though. Yeah, yeah. I remember, really. the goo, I remember a goo gun. Yeah. Fond, me- fond memories of putting goo everywhere. Glue gun. I remember, oh, a lot I, of, goo. I remember a lot of baddies that were basically just generic black smears of nonsense. Yeah, and then they would transform into a little, they'd mimic everything else. Yeah. Uh, and there were some NPCs having a D&D campaign at one point. Oh, yeah. I remember that. that was <clears throat> PJ Doolin, member for Nine Months in Early Access, says, Lamau, how about the Hunt Down the Freeman opening? Hunt Down the Freeman had weirdly elaborate uh, FMVs. Yeah. The opening, when we were playing it recently, I was like, this isn't that bad. But it turns out I think they used most of their budget on the opening. And then yeah. it got very bad. Yeah, they'd put a lot of effort into making source filmmaker cutscenes, and the actual yeah. ga- when it switches to the actual game, it's like night and day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of shocking. A superb owner, member for four months in Tipjar. Uh, and then just under that, it says, speaking of openings, Nintendo recently had a job opening become available for a new voice actor. Who would do a better Mario voice actor job, Yats or Marty? Not me, because I can't do falsetto. I try. Wow! <laughs> So that's the best I can do, and it's an it's an effort d- even doing that. It's an effort. It's a living. You could it's do like a good walk. <laughs> Jesus, don't do that anymore. I don't won't. Yourself. That's your money maker. Yes, I only voice classy characters. Mmm, smooth. <laughs> Uh, Eito Aribari gives 500 arses, which is apparently a lot because it's a deep red uh, super oh chat. God. Thanks Incredible. a lot, Eito Aribari. And says, Mass Effect 2 opening was great. In the first five minutes, you have to rush to save your crew. Normandy gets wrecked and Shepard dies. He stroke like she that. gets better, but it left a strong first impression. And it's a nice parallel with the suicidal last mission. I uh, like- Mass Effect 2, I think, is probably the one I remember and most fondly of those three. I like Shepard dies, but then they get better. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but uh, but they're tainted. They don't just. It's not like a free re- revive. From that point on, they've they've got like weird dehumanizing scars, and they're a sort of cyber augmented weirdo. 
I don't know. I also have never played Mass Effect, so I don't, I don't know any about this. I know people people like the suicide mission is talked about a lot at the end of Mass Effect 2. You should play them. There's nobbing in it. It's got nobbing scenes. I know I like nobbing. It's one of the Absolutely. first games to have nobbing scenes with the party members. Give me more nobbing. You'd, you'll like Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, I, I want it on PS5 so I get some good dual sense during the nobbing. Give me some, give me some good shakes. Oh, you want some uh, quick time events throughout the course of the nobbing? Do I want to feel it. I want to feel it. I want to have to use gyro like lair, but you instead wanna, of controlling a dragon, I'm controlling a wang. You want to put your rumble pack on your crotch, do you? I do. I do. Thank you for thank you for noticing. Tian Tian Nell <laughs> says welcome is uh, is in early access. Good for them. Oh, welcome Tian. And then all the games gives four ninety nine and says two points. One, does every Star Wars game open with a movie credits crawl? Haven't played no. the two new Jedi games. And two, the Surge and Cripple Torture Porn. Okay. Are you saying that was a good opening or what? I don't remember the opening of the Surge. But no, most, most Star Wars games probably don't open with a title scroll. Well, the Surge has this effective start where you're in like a riding on a train and uh, you can't see uh, your lower half. You're like sitting down. And then it gives you control, and the moment you like swing the camera around to see where you're going, you discover you're wheelchair bound. Oh. And then you like go through like an introductory sequence in your wheelchair, and then there's like the really horrifying sequence where you get uh, you get like cyborg limbs drilled to your body with no anesthetic, and it's actually really harrowing to watch and really unnecessary. Yeesh. Yeah, I never played the Surge games. That doesn't sound great. I think a you lot of. I think a lot of Star Wars games open with a movie style crawl. All the games. Yeah, I don't I'm think they I mean, all the new do, ones though. don't. No. Uh, the Jedi the Jedi Survivor Fallen Orders don't. Um I don't remember if Knights of the Little Republic does. Or like the old um Raven, you mm. know Jedi Outcast kind of games. Uh you know what game this year had a really bad opening? Uh Atomic Heart. Atomic Hearts was very long mm. and it tried to be like we are Bioshock Infinite and it was just so long and so yeah. long. And I was thinking, look, we know this is going to fuck up somehow. And by the yeah. time it was fucking up, I'd sort of lost interest. I'm caring, yeah. Atul Arabari comes back with another 200 arses and says, Symphony of the Night also has a memorable opening, fighting Dracula yes. right at the beginning with a different character. I don't know if I'd call it good, but the dialogue and voice acting were certainly iconic. No disappointing uh, thing. I was playing great. Symphony of the Night on the re-released version they put out on PS4 alongside mm. Rondo of Blood. And they didn't use the original voice acting. They used the redone voice acting that was done oh. for, I think it was the Sega Saturn port. Oh, why'd they do that? Or possibly something else. I don't know, but they got, you know, everyone's like, it's all reworded, so it doesn't sound quite so horribly translated. Yeah. And, uh, and people are just acting normally. Yeah. Get out of here. Get out of here with your normal acting. Yeah. Uh, Die, yeah, monster. I, I, you don't belong you don't in this belong world. In this world. <laughs> I look, you know what's great about that scene is that the two principal voice actors are, are bringing in vastly different levels of effort there's no there's no director to be like hey you need to come down a little bit and you yeah. need to go up a little bit let's meet in yeah. the middle um yeah i like that opening just because you get the the rondo of blood opening and then you get a cool alucard moment where you just fucking yeah he bolts through the forest jumps into the castle and then you get your moment where you get all your powers taken away from you by death classic death Oh, that death. Oh, you. It's almost like the embodiment of entropy is able to decay my body somehow. <laughs> anyway, 
Minav Sridharan gives 40 uh, rupees and says, Dune 2016 opening deserves a shout out. And we very much already did. Uh, Thanks anyway, though. Uh, and then Urbanem gives 10 PLNs and says, Blizzard cinematics in tours, I think you mean intros, are pretty to look at. Yeah, yeah Blizzard right. usually yeah. does good cinematics. I guess that's where we know where the budget goes when they make Diablo games. <laughs> Diablo 4 had a really good uh, intro cinematic. That's a very good intro cinematic, yeah. Yeah. Quite haunting, really. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say quite, quite horny. And I was like, no, it wasn't horny at all. <laughs> what? Well, it depends what you're into, I suppose. But I yeah, suppose I guess I'm not going to shame. I think some people would possibly find some horniness in it. Especially when the evil lady comes out <laughs> of a giant tearing vagina. Yeah, that's also, that's, that's yeah, that's, I'm not going to judge. Made of blood. Uh, Waddle Squad gives five pounds and says, finally caught one of these live. Total War Warhammer 3 had an entire campaign as its opening to act as a tutorial and set the stage for the factions. That Kay. can't count. That can't count. Oh, you can't have an entire so. campaign? Uh, yeah, I mean, strategy games are also, that's a that's an interesting, like, it's a lot of information you need to download onto a player, so you can't really just toss mm. them into the deep end, right? Mm. You know, I've always found, if you're playing, like, um, building management games, Mm-hmm. Get, I can never tell when the tutorial ends and you're actually supposed to be playing the game. Yeah, like, am I be, is my hand being held right now? Like, yeah. do I have a supervisor? Can I just like do I was this? playing Evil Genius, and the tutorial mm-hmm. basically walks you through, like, the first, like, 20 hours of the game. Yeah. Like, now you should build a thing. Now you should build a thing. Now you should build a thing. Yeah. And it's just lot. more things. Why do we need two staff entertainment rooms? Do you think I'm made of money? Too much things. Uh, Potato Hermit gives 250 somethings and says, Any thoughts on the upcoming Not a Patapon game? Wink, wink. Ratatan. Also, Pon, Pon, Patapon. Yeah, that's one of those classic rhythm games no one talks about anymore. Yeah, it was a big, big PSP game, and then it just got uh, a very um, successful Kickstarter for, um, you know, uh, spiritual successors. Who the fuck's got a PSP anymore? Yeah, yeah. Surprised they never Uh, ported that to anything. I think it got PS4 ports. I don't think it's ever gone to like PC or anything though, um, mm. which seems weird. But yeah, speaking of uh, recent spiritual successors that um, are surprisingly good, I'm uh, two and a half hours into Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, which is the yes, new, uh, I started radio. on that. I don't know pretty bad opening. It. Bad opening. Uh, once once you get past the opening, um, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I got to a bit where I had to like beat the other team in getting the most style points. Oh yeah, it's almost like a Tony Hawk thing. Like it, yeah. a certain amount of points in two minutes. And I yeah. just kept fucking it up, and I was like, "I'm not really enjoying this because I don't think I'm very good at this sort of thing." It's uh, it has a uh, it has a real surprising decapitation early on in the game. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's kind of surprising yeah. if you hadn't already read the blurb for the game and known what the main character was. Oh, I didn't, and so I was just like, "What? Yeah. What's happening here?" Yeah. Uh, Goku Son DBZ gives two dollars. Says, "Wow, Wrath of the Lich King cinematic intro." Is that the one where the dude comes home and everyone's pleased to see him, but then it turns out he's evil? Oh, that's a good twist. Yeah, I'm home, but also I'm evil. Yeah, that dude. There's World of Warcraft's got a pretty complex lore at this point. Yeah, 
there was this dude who used to be good, then he became the Lich King, and then he's bad. Yeah. Alex Armstrong gives $2 and says, it's a real remake, they just didn't market it well. Oh, the Bowser's Inside Story thing. Okay. Are you sure it's uh, not just gotcha. a port, Alex Armstrong? Yeah, that might be a weird... Because what was the original was on, like, what, GBA? Or was the No, the original was DS, right? Because it was like... Yeah. 3DS, I think. Bottom screen was like his belly. I don't know. Yeah. There's really no way. Pretty much. Fungus Finder gives $2. Says, Yarts, never make that choking, wheezing sound again. Oh, you made my very good falsetto voice. Look at me. You know what the fight? I'm an old lady in a Monty Python sketch. The best part about this is I think Discord is being like, we don't know what this sound is, but we're <laughs> you probably don't want to hear this. And so I'm barely hearing anything. So it sounds great to me. Okay. Please continue. Uh, yeah, my range doesn't go that high. Do re mi fa so la ti do. Do re mi fa so la ti do. Beautiful. Songbird of regeneration. That's about, that's about my limit. I've got, I'm a two octave boy. I think Freddie Mercury was a four octave boy. That's a lot of octaves. Yeah. That's, I, that's and there's like some uh, incredible freak of nature from olden times who was like something insane, like a seven octave voice a genuine a genuine mutant yeah <clears throat> dr zebra is five dollars and says i've been told by the fellas i have an, i have an unforgettable opening oh you scamp dr zebra that was great and then cornish cream t7 with five pounds says if arcade counts stage one of ikaruga leaves a massive impression with the launch of the ship the giant robot knight boss and the kick-ass soundtrack yeah Okay, definitely. I like uh, the op- the opening of Mrs. Pac-Man because it says they meet and you get a little thing. It's like uh, you're, you're viewing the arc of their relationship via little mm. pellet mazes. And then you learn the names of all the ghosts. Yeah, Inky, Pinky, Blinky, Dot. See, in Pac-Man, it's Clyde. But then in Miss Pac-Man, the fourth one is Sue. Oh. So what, what the Dot? fuck? Oh, I was thinking of Dot as in the Animaniac. What the fuck did Clyde do to, like, blot his coffee book with the rest of the ghosts? That's what I want to know. Oh, no. Oh, no. I guess they felt like they needed more female representation. But sorry, Clyde. Go. Nothing personal. You're yeah. the only one with an expressly gendered name. So you're in the bin. Yeah. Clyde became an alt-right YouTuber after that. <laughs> da, da, da. Oh, we have one. We only have one left. We did so good. Sorry, I got distracted playing with my dog. Uh, Jackson Jewel, member fourteen months in early access, says, "Do you prefer a hot open or a cold open for games?" What's a hot open? <laughs> I guess it depends on how well it's done. How would you yeah. define? How do would you characterize Bioshock? Because it starts with like the plane crash, but then it sort of cools right down. Uh, when to you me, go uh, into the lighthouse and get a slow build up to Rapture, well, to me, a cold open is almost like a little a little adventure that you're not seeing the full thing and doesn't like really pertain to the main plots. So, like a lot of Bond movies have their cold opens. Um, um, Indiana Jones is famous for their cold opens. Yeah, that Mario RPG thing I mentioned earlier feels like a cold <sighs> open, even though it directly leads into the main thrust of the game. Hmm. well it's confusing language isn't it because cold open means like it starts with exciting action 
So presumably hot open means it starts boring? Yeah, I don't know if they ever thought about what the opposite of a cold open would be. It yeah. would sound like, or would it be a cold close, a, a hot closed? That just sounds like a weird name for like a, a grilled cheese sandwich. A hot closed. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever you, you, your mind's gonna go somewhere, and I don't want it to go there. A room temperature ajar. There, there you go. There you go. That's a nice place to go. I, th- I know a few games for an opening I would characterize as room temperature ajar. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of super chats. Thanks what a for day, all yeah. those lovely super chats. We enjoyed them very much. Uh, uh, thank you for listening to slightly something else. Uh, plenty of content ringing your way this week on the Escapist. Uh, of course, we'll have my usual zero punctuation on Wednesday. Uh, publicly, that will be my Baldur's Gate three review. That'll be a hot one, I'm sure. Ooh, we had a lot of people sign up to early access memberships. I know to Patron to get that watched. Yes. But there's still a lot of sillies who haven't done that yet, so they can watch Baldur's Gate 3 on Wednesday with all the other scum. All the and sillies. And oh, they'll it's... also get to enjoy my latest extra punctuation, which also references Baldur's Gate 3, more specifically the party member nobbing and all of that. Love a good party member nobbing. But if you're a member, you can enjoy, uh, less excitingly, a double bill indie zero punctuation that will cover both the games on guard and the game Blasphemous 2. There you go. Uh, and and of course, the latest episode of Ventures Nigh will go public on Saturday, but all the smarties have already seen it when it oh came out God. on Saturday for members. An abundance so, of riches. what else are we doing this week? Uh, later today, Casey and Jesse will be back after a few week hiatus uh, with Hidden Gems. They're going to be playing Frogun, one of my favorite games from last summer. Um, so check that out. Uh, no regular streams tomorrow because tomorrow is Gamescom opening night live. And so we're going to be live, uh, uh, doing our regular stream, watch along, hang out with you guys. We'll be going live around 1230, uh, central, 1230 oh, PM boy. central. Plenty so, of announcements um, for me to poo poo. I'm sure there'll be a lot of poo poo. Don't worry. Uh, Kojima might be there cause Keely's putting it on and you know, those two, those two enjoy hanging out in Germany. Eating, eating some schnitzel together uh and then uh yeah just check out uh for everyone this week you'll be able to check out uh like like yachi said adventures nigh uh stuff of legends episode four uh just went out this morning and uh, darren's relaunching in the frame on twisted metal and then members will be able to get new cold take uh uh new uh metal gear legends which is an incredible video let me say i don't know mm. if you've got a chance to watch that yet we put the link in the discord and the, for the members a new original series a little little docu docu series on Metal Gear Solid, and let me tell you, it's a it's a humdinger. So check that out. That sounds like something that would help while I'm playing through boring space exploration in Starfield this afternoon. Pretend you're flying through space while watching documentaries. Hey, you can role play as someone who likes to 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 have second screen experiences while going through space. That certainly sounds like someone I could role play as. Yeah, man, I'm weirdly tired. I probably didn't sleep well. Uh-oh. Anyway. Uh, we have another super chat from Zaratha giving two R dollars saying, Don't dead name Sue or Clyde. Let me check Wiki. And then now, updated is, if I say confirmed they are different ghosts, disregard my previous yeah. super chat. <laughs> where is it where is it implied that it's the same ghost, Zaratha? I think it's in color. You're just trying to invent reasons to be mad. Yeah. That's kind of I don't think for you. I don't think Namco put enough uh, put that much thought into those ghosts. Not or enough. Bandai? 
yeah, not enough trans representation in, in our original, arcade games uh, from, original pac-man yeah from 40 years ago unless of course pac-man is ms pac-man which one could reasonably think because it's just pac-man again with a bow on his head but you see them you see them in cutscenes, and they make baby pac-man Anyway, this could, be, this could be a future deep dive. Probably not going to be a future deep dive. I'm going to be honest. Probably a bad idea for a future deep dive. Well, if Miss Pac-Man is Pac-Man, you could still keep calling them Pac-Man, and that wouldn't technically be dead naming. Mm. It's no, just being—it's just being weirdly formal. Yeah. What's Pac-Man's first name? Do you think? Pac. Is it not Pac-Man? Well, if Miss Pac-Man. Is is the formal form of address? Then presumably Pac-Man is the surname. Sure. Uh, so, that's a great question. Uh, I'm going to assume it's Bridget. Bridget. Bridget Pac-Man. That sounds nice. Yeah. Says Namco Pac-Man. Namco Pac-Man can be right. Well, anyway, we we'll get out of your <laughs> way and stop speculating about this very dumb thing. Yeah, this is what happens. You get 90 minutes of good conversation, then you get 10 minutes of very dumb conversation. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. Have a great